Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook with me again as per the usual. It is Thursday. That's two days before Ohio State heads off to the Big Ten Championship game uh, and attempts to win a third straight Big Ten title. It's the third straight year that Ohio State will, in the pivotal contact week of the recruiting cycle, um, lose the ability to go do any recruiting. So there's this weird trade-off, right? Like you're the best team in your league and everyone else gets another week of recruiting. So um, do you think that that sucks, basically? Do you think that like, should the NCAA be coming out and saying, hey, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Here's an extra week for you. Like, should they get a, should they have that given back to them? Maybe tack a week on, like, uh, during the dead period. Hey, five days. Because, you know, just tack on three days, five days, something like that to, to give them a little bit of reassurance. Like, hey, we're not trying to screw you over because you're good. But at the end of the day, Berm, other than Carr, <laughs> the best recruiting tool is winning. Yeah, no doubt. And when you stomp Penn State, I mean, let's face it, that game was a, was a beating, although the score didn't indicate it. And when you, just completely destroy and dismantle Michigan Again. limb by limb every year. I mean, you're not going to argue with that. When they, you know, they beat Wisconsin by 31 the first time, I can't see that being much closer the second time with, uh, you know, ideal weather yeah. and being indoors. So is it bad? Maybe. But on Saturday night when uh, Jim Harbaugh is sitting in somebody's living room, they're going to have the Big Ten title game on, and Jim Harbaugh yeah. won't be coaching it, and Ryan Day will. So I just think it's one of those things where, like, it, it really doesn't matter that much, okay? So this is why it does matter, right? This is a two-week window. It's a 14-day period. It's called the contact period where coaches of college teams can go on the road, all right? This this is not a, a, a time when you can actually go out and do, like, evaluations and stuff of juniors, but you can go out and talk to them. You can meet them in their schools. This is when in-home visits for recruits who are committed generally happen. This is when in-home visits will happen. For players like Xavier Carlton or Tyler Barron or potentially Bijan Robinson. That's this week, right? And next week. And then next Sunday, which would be what, December the 15th, right? Ends this ends this contact period. So you have one week for Ohio State. And in that week, that they will be able to recruit. So I'm, I'm, let's eliminate this week that they've wasted. Wasted. Um, <laughs> wasted. By, by not being able to recruit this week. But next week, Jeff Halfley will be down in Arkansas for at least a night because he's going to be down there at the Broyles Award presentation. Ryan Day will be in South Carolina uh, at, speaking at the Nagurski Award presentation, which obviously Chase Young is likely to win. Then on Friday, Ryan Day will have to go to New York with Chase Young and probably Justin Fields, right? For the Heisman. For the Heisman. So now that one week you have, Turns into three days. Turns into three or four days. And it, it is a challenge because Ohio State has 25 commitments in the class of 2020 that they want to get out and see one more time before the signing period, which begins on December 18th. They also want to make sure that the priority juniors that they're recruiting know that they're the priority by stopping in and saying hello. Um, they also have to coach a football team preparing for a, a college football playoff run and, a, and hopefully a national championship. Like that's a, that's a lot of stuff on the plate for a guy who then also has to worry about something else. We'll talk about a little bit later. Potential coaching changes. So like, 
doesn't the NCAA I, owe them a week? That's all I'm saying. Like, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. And like, it would be nice for these guys, for the coaches, to be able to sit in uh, to Miche Adelaide's house and say, "Hey, come to Ohio State." Well, but they can't go to his house. He's a junior. No, but he's okay. he's a layman. He's learning the rules, folks. He doesn't understand. But I, the minutia. I just pulled. I just pulled a, a defensive end name out because what I'm going to say is instead of going to a defensive end's house and sitting in Tyler Barron's living room and saying, "Creative hey, edit." Hey, Tyler. Come in, come to Ohio State. Larry Johnson could call him on the phone and say, hey, Tyler, sorry I couldn't come see you. Yeah. I was down in South Carolina helped, uh, watching Chase Young win the Nagurski Award. Uh, I've done this a few for a few years now, and I've had five uh, defensive ends of the year in the last six years. No, that matters, obviously. I mean, I'm not I, sure if you know this. We're about to play in the college football playoffs, so I've been preparing for that too. Uh, we're going to win a national championship this year, so I, I can't really come see you. Is that okay until, until I come see you later? Right, that's great, but... My point is, doesn't the NCAA owe them a week? No. no. Okay, well, they do. They should. But here's the thing. that This is why it's annoying for Ohio State, right? Because not only do they lose this week, but they lost because of weird NCAA rules. They lost two weeks with a lot of these 2021 guys when September started. So but They can't go visit them, right? They can't go visit them. They can go to their schools and visit them. Oh, they can't go to their house. They can't go to their house. They can't, they can't go, go do an school. in... No, they can't do an in-home visit with a player who's not a senior. But again... New guy over here. He's learning the ropes. What if they live at the school? They can't live at a school, Spencer. That's not the way that the world works. No, but what I'm saying is the best recruiting tool is winning, and it's pretty apparent when you look at the 2020 recruiting class rankings on 24-7. Who's at the top? Clemson. Who's going to lose two weeks? Clemson. Who's mm -hmm. at the top? Ohio State. Who's going to lose it? Ohio State. LSU is in the top five. They're going to lose it. Georgia. Can't argue those five. points. Can't argue those points. Spencer wins this round. Well done. The NCAA should still give them the week back. I disagree. Anyway, let's talk about the other thing I just mentioned, the potential uh, for coaching changes. Now, this is crazy season. It's silly season, right? Every day a new head coaching job opens up, and for some reason every single year it seems like Ohio State assistants are linked to these jobs that are opening up. Two things to note. Ohio State obviously is a top-tier program and produces uh, not only NFL players but great coaches, right? That's expected. Yes. If you're not winning games, your coaches aren't desired. Yes. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Ohio State pays their assistant coaches as well as pretty much anybody in the country, with the notable exception of like Clemson or LSU, who are paying silly money to Dave Aranda and, and uh, Brent Venables and um, Joe Brady and those other guys, right? Joe Brady's about to get paid. He's about to get super paid. But Ohio State... If they want to hold on to guys like Jeff Halfley, Brian Hartline, long term, like long term, and Jeff Halfley, when he signed his deal with Ohio State, it was a two year deal, right? So $900,000 a year, two year contract. Brian Hartline's on a two year contract. The longest contract of any Ohio State assistant is two years right now. So there's talk about Halfley potentially being the guy for Boston College. Al Washington's name has been brought up for Boston College. Tony Alfred has been brought up as the primary guy for Colorado State. We've heard rumors of Kevin Wilson wanting to be a head coach again down the road. Who knows if, that, if there's any sort of opening for that. But that is why this next two-week period is so important for Ohio State. Because without having the ability to really go into these kids' homes as Ryan Day and sit down and say, hey, these are the rumors, this is what we're dealing with, this is what could happen, what you do allow is for coaches of other teams to go into 
Lathan Ransom's living room and say, hey, Lathan, by the way, did you know Jeff Hafley's taking another job? Even though there doesn't necessarily have to be any truth to it, right? Like, that's where things get a little like tricky. Like the annual Larry Johnson is retiring. From. Right. And that's a little tricky. And if for kids who have, you know, there's this concept of uh, recruit yourself or commit to a school, right? Commit to a program, not to a coach, which is, sounds great on the uh, surface, but then you spend a whole year talking only to one coach. Yeah, and there's also the exception because, like, Ohio State had Kerry Coons, who was a great recruiter. Right. And then they went to Tabor Johnson, who had some struggles with his, his secondary. And now they have Jeff Halfley That's again. That's one way to put it. So now they have Jeff Halfley again. So you go from Kerry, if you went from Kerry Coons to Jeff Halfley, you could say, okay, there's proof in the pudding that they right. have always, they constantly have an elite secondary coach. But that hasn't always been the case in just a one-year sample size. But still, you know, if these guys see Jeff Halfley's leaving, they say, oh, maybe they won't replace him with another yeah, elite secondary This coach. is a huge test for Ryan Day if it comes to fruition, if Halfley leaves. If, this uh, is all speculation. It's all speculation, so. and that's another important thing here. Number one, Ohio State generally has great coaches. So that's just sort of what you expect. Urban Meyer made a, a career out of having coaches there for two years, and then they would go on and, and take on their own programs. And that's that's what he wanted. I don't know if that's what Ryan Day wants. It's not what Jim Trussell wanted. Jim Trussell wanted career assistant coaches. Well, Jim Bowman to be there forever. Um, so, you know, it's also worth noting that Ryan Day, after his first year as a coordinator at Ohio State, interviewed for a head coaching job at Mississippi State and was talked about. An SEC school and, that no one ever found out. An SEC school. He was also rumored uh, to be in contact with the Tennessee Titans about going back to the NFL. Taking an interview, which we were told Jeff Halfley uh, was planning on doing with Boston College, doesn't necessarily mean you're leaving anywhere. It's a good way as a coach to bone up your skills on for when whenever you are ready to leave. Um, but if he does leave, that's his right, and and he's gonna he's certainly proven in a very short amount of time that he knows how to win uh, on the recruiting trail. That he knows how to win uh, in the press conference. That yeah. he knows how to build a defense. Don't know if he knows how to run a whole program. That's just not my business. I don't care. But for Ohio State, in this world, when every school in the country wants a piece of your program, isn't it just part of the deal now that your coaches are going to be talked about? Yeah, it's not to the level of Nick Saban because Saban loses 10 assistants a year. Right, and they still seem but to do okay. They, they do all right, and sometimes it actually hurts them. But Ohio State has lost assistance before, and Ohio State has replaced assistance before. The same staff that won a national championship with Urban Meyer is not there anymore, yet they're a better team. Yeah. So, I mean, you can just say, say it that way, and it all makes sense that Ohio State's going to stay elite regardless of what assistant coaches are there. Now, they might have a defensive fall-off. I'm not going to name any names. But one year, they might have a defensive blip with certain coaches. But other than that, you're going to have... Uh, very good staff and very good players because you are Ohio State. Yeah. And you, a lot of guys do commit to the program. It seems like a lot of guys are committing to Jeff Halfley in this certain circumstance. But I'd be willing to bet that they're they're committed to Ohio State as well. Yeah, and this is what I want to emphasize here before we move on from this point in this episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast by Letterman Row, is that Jeff Halfley is the guy they like, right? He's a guy they know. Ryan Day has made it a point, and it's one of the things he's done extremely well. He's been very involved in the recruitment of all the commitments in this class. This is not a guy like Urban Meyer, for as great as he was on the recruiting trail, by the, when it was 
coming down to the end of the road in, in the recruiting cycle, that's really when Urban got involved in getting to know the kids in his class. I mean, sure, there was one or two kids every every year that he was personally involved in their recruitment from the start, but not typically. And Ryan Day has been very involved. Ryan Day is very involved with Lace and Ransom and very involved with Clark Phillips and Ryan Watson and, and uh, CJ, uh, Legend Cavazos and, and Cam Martinez and Cody Simon, all these guys that were recruited by Halfley or who are given who Halfley's given credit for their commitment. But um, ultimately, whatever happens here, nothing's going to happen until after the playoffs are finished and Ohio State's season is over. Signing period starts in two weeks on December 18th. Fifteen players, as far as I can count, are intending on enrolling early with Ohio State in January, which is an unbelievable number. These kids are not in a position where they want to do anything different. So if they decide, if something goes crazy and Halfley leaves and they decide, well, screw it, we're, we're going to bolt, understood, no more power to you. But I, I just don't see that happening at the moment, and I don't think there's any reason for Ohio State fans to worry about that, uh, even if Halfley were to leave. And again, one person I talked to at, at Ohio State earlier this week said that they just didn't see it. They didn't see it happening which was not to say that he wouldn't interview, not to say he wouldn't be uh, interested, but that they didn't think Boston College would be the job he would leave for. Uh, we can both agree. Jeff Halfley is one of the more genuine guys that yeah. you can meet in this in the coaching realm. Uh, I'm too young to probably say that, but you can probably say He's it. great. He's been phenomenal. And he doesn't lie to the media. Yeah. He says he doesn't lie, and, and so far we, we can be able to take his word. And, and he, It's yeah. true. He has talked time and time again. It seems like every time he gets on the podium, he talks about how much he likes coaching with Ryan Day because he's allowed to have a family outside of the Woody Hayes yeah. Athletic Center. I don't see him leaving that after just one year. He wanted to coach with Ryan Day after they left San Francisco, after they parted ways in San Francisco. He wanted to coach with him when he took this job. I can't see now, 11 months into the job, he wants to just leave Ryan Day after working with him for just one year, I just yeah. don't. I don't see it now. If it happens, yeah, money more talks. Power to money, it. money talks, and if Boston College, it's. A, I don't know how much they were paying Steve Adazio, but I assume it was somewhere in the three to four million dollar a year range, and that's hard to turn down for a guy who's forty years old and and you know looking at his first head coaching job with an opportunity to go back to the part of the country where he's from. But there's there is some sort of comfort in knowing that you are not responsible for everything. Yeah. Um, and and Halfley has said on the record uh, he wants to be a head coach. So it's not a situation like Venables at Clemson where the guy has no interest in being a head coach. Uh, and so you don't really have to worry about him leaving. But, you know, this is a situation where Ohio State doesn't lose successful coaches to lateral moves, right? Like if, if, if one of these guys is going to go somewhere else, it's because they have an opportunity to advance their career. And that's what they've earned. So... We could talk about all the possible ramifications on the recruiting trail uh, ad nauseum, but it's sort of silly to do that until there's more, you know, stuff that's actually real about this. Until so. we can actually talk the stuff. Until we can actually talk stuff instead of just, you know, assu stuff. assuming stuff. Because yeah. I don't want to assume a stuff because it's unfair to everybody involved. So you know what we can assume? What what should we assume? December eighth could. I mean, January eighth could be a huge day. January January may be a big day for the Buckeyes in the class of 2021. Well done. Yeah. It was seamless. Um, January 8th, we've talked about it for, before, but Tumiche Adeleye 
the five-star offensive line or defensive lineman. Who the Buckeyes cannot visit at home. That's correct. Uh, five-star defensive lineman from Katy, Texas. That's going to be his decision day. He's already uh, picked that date out. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Alabama are really the, the four to watch there. But we found out on Thursday afternoon that Donovan Jackson, uh, top 50 player in the class of 2021, top 10 player in Texas, one of the country's nastiest offensive linemen in the junior class, is also going to make his college announcement on January 8th. That one is Ohio State, Texas A&M, Texas, Alabama, blah, 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 right? Same group. But the timing of his announcement, not the announcement, not the final decision, not the commitment, but the announcement that he's making an announcement is pretty positive for Ohio State if you're a tea leave reader. Okay, he was in Columbus for the Penn State game. He then spent a week in Columbus, or in Cincinnati with his family for Thanksgiving. His, his family is from Cleveland and Cincinnati. So there's a lot of Ohio ties for a kid who grew up outside of Houston seems to me like Ohio State is probably uh, the team to beat there. That could be huge. Uh, Very big. A big, huge day for Ohio State. The Buckeyes need probably another four or five offensive linemen in the class of 2021. They've got one already committed with Ben Chrisman from Revere High School in Richfield, Ohio. Ben has been very vital in helping recruit the other offensive linemen, and they're in a great position, not just with Donovan Jackson, but with four-star offensive tackle Tristan Lee, four-star guard Jagger Burton, uh, four-star offensive guard Rocco Spindler up in Michigan, uh, four-star offensive tackle uh, Garrett Dellinger, who's Spindler's teammate. Uh, they're, they're really in a really great position. Well, and this is a situation where Ohio State might be able to push the envelope. Hey, if you want in this class, you you need to get in yeah. now because we got guys lined up to get in here. I mean, you just named some really, really talented offensive linemen, and if Ohio State can add – three of those five or six you named, it would be successful. Yeah. But if they had four or five, that puts the pressure on those guys. Hey, you need to get in now because if you don't get in now, there's a guy right behind you that might get in there. Yeah, right now, class of 2021 offensive line with Chrisman already committed, I would be confident saying Ohio State leads for Donovan Jackson, leads for J.C. Latham, leads for Jagger Burton, leads for Tristan Lee, and um, will be in the mix pretty soundly with Garrett Dellinger and Rocco Spindler though I still think Spindler will end up at Michigan, and I think Dellinger might be favoring LSU at the moment, but Notre Dame is in the mix for those two. And it's it's a real testament to a guy that has taken a lot of heat uh, from Ohio State fans in the last few years uh, in Greg Studrara, who has really stepped up his, his work on the recruiting trail. He's had help from Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, but I don't, I don't care. The point is that two years ago, there was a major uh, groundswell of people wishing that Greg Studrara would be moving on when Urban Meyer left because he was a, a Meyer holdover. Um, and he's really done a great job correcting that course, and not just as a recruiter, but also on the field with the development of the guys on the field. Buckeyes maybe have the best offensive line in football, um, and that credit really needs to go to Studrara. So we can circle back and talk more about Donovan Jackson and Tumiche Adelaye in the next month, but we're going to wrap up today talking about uh, next position group in our little uh, series of talking about positions, talking stuff about positions. Uh, we're we're on to tight end. We're on we're on to tight end. Okay, we're on to tight end. All right, Buckeyes 2020 class at tight end was very interesting. It for six months at least the plan was to take two off. Uh, I'm not going to cancel that out. We're just going to let it ride. Roll tape. 
Uh, two, two tight ends. That was the plan all along, right? Two, two tight ends. Come summertime, they still had zero. And then they, they had, sweating. then they, they there, there was a sweat. There was a, a lather being worked up. Yeah. And on a June camp day, Joe Royer from Cincinnati, uh, Elder High School, and Luke Lachey from Arlington Heights High School uh, in Upper Arlington. Arlington? No. Upper Arlington. Grandview. I'm sorry. Grandview Brand, you know what? That's Upper Arlington. All their high schools are the exact same. Everyone knows So that. Luke Lachey and Joe Royer. I thought we they were sat, both going to get offered. I thought they would both get offered that day. We sat at the Woody for hours waiting on these guys to come yeah. out of the office to see which one got an offer. Is that Grandview Heights? And... They, and yeah. they came out. We asked them which ones got the offer. You could visibly tell which one got the offer. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't the Ohio State legacy, and it really shocked us, right? Yeah, and Lachey is now committed to Iowa. It's probably a better place for tight ends. Um, Royer is committed to Ohio State. And, and after Joe Royer committed, the Buckeyes sort of changed their plan, I think. They decided at that moment, hey, you know what? We probably only need one in 2020. Let's focus on getting two in 2021. But that's been helped by the fact that they expect Jake Hausman to return next season. And he's played well. Luke Farrell still coming back. Jeremy Ruckert will return. Cormonte Hamilton will return. So all of a sudden, the position isn't really in dire straits. And, um, the, you know, initially, like I said, the goal was to find two in the class of 2020. They found one in Joe Royer, who's all the way up to, I think, the third-ranked tight end in the country in the class of 2020, according to 247 Sports. He's six foot five. He's two hundred thirty pounds. He runs well. He blocks well. Plays in an offense at Elder that really uh, is run dominant and allows him to to show what he can do in that sort of formational you know responsibility where he's more of a sixth lineman. Which obviously, if you've watched Ohio State football, you know that that is a uh, necessary component for their tight ends. They don't always catch the football. Yeah, it's um, rare. You know, but I think that Royer is one of those guys that fans are going to really like in a couple of years once they get an opportunity to see what he's capable of doing athletically. He's big, he's fast, excellent at going up and high-pointing the ball when it's in the air. Um, you know, and I know that there's still going to be a section of people who are disappointed that the Buckeyes weren't able to work Lachey into this class. And I'm going to tell you straight up, they've tried, even since the summer, even after deciding that they were only going to take one in this class. I know that there's been discussion with the Lachey family about maybe doing a gray shirt type of a situation where Luke would count as a 2021 uh, and just to make sure that he was going to be here at Ohio State. Um, but, you know, it's hard when you have a full ride scholarship to a place like Iowa that just had two first round picks drafted at tight end um, to, to say no. And, and to pride is a little hard to swallow sometimes. Uh, and and I was a great situation I, for I think him. It's a- I don't think it's a terrible decision to, for a tight end to go to Iowa. It's a great I mean, situation. Ohio State's obviously competing for national championships, but Iowa's putting tight ends in the NFL. So yeah. C.J. Norowitz is in the NFL. Uh, Noah Fant's in George the NFL. George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle's in the NFL. Uh, who's the other guy? Noah Fant and uh, like, the other one. Hawkins. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, I just named four Iowa tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, which... I mean, it's it's obviously become a program that's that's excellent at developing it. They always have used it very well. It's a great fit for Luke Lachey. It is disappointing for Buckeye fans who always want the Ohio State legacies to follow their father's footsteps. And uh, like, as I said, the Buckeyes tried to make that happen. It just isn't going to. So you'll stick with one tight end who will sign with the Buckeyes. You get uh, one tight end, you like it. 
on December 18th, and then they'll focus on two for 2021. We won't really dive into that because there's a long way to go to signing day there's 2021. Too. And if you follow Letterman Row and you've read Dotting the I's this whole week, uh, I think I've had sections in Dotting the I's about four of them this week. So uh, you can go back and check up on Sam Hart and Lewis Hansen and uh, Jordan Dingle and all those other guys if you want to. That is going to wrap up this edition of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast by Letterman Row. We will be back with a post-Big Ten Championship edition of this sometime early next week. And uh, for Spencer Holbrook, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you next time.